everyone and welcome back to That's Lame, the equestrian podcast for horse girls from horse girls. Welcome back everyone. Hello everyone. So we're coming to you live from our new recording studio. Which we've just spent the past 45 minutes setting up. And one of the photos that we so lovingly blue tacked to the wall just fell off. So we've gone for like a Pinterest, sort of like a uni bedroom vibe as well with the collage and the fairy lights. Yeah, and it's in a very, very old tack room that is on our yard. But for some reason, I just completely forgot that it existed. There is actually ivy growing inside it. But it's just a lovely little setup. It's the perfect room, really. Yeah. But anyway, Evie. What's been lame and sound in your week? So I have two sounds, actually. Wow. I know. One is obviously our new recording studio. I'm really pleased with how it looks, actually, especially considering there wasn't really much planning. No, it was very much just, like, thrown together. Yeah, and we just did it. So I'm really pleased about that. And a second one is that... So one of the horses on the yard had a sarcoid. Oh, my God, are you really saying that one? Yeah, because I think it's so cool. That's gross, though. And our vet, who is just like an absolute legend, came out and went to like band it, didn't he? Yeah. And just basically like pulled it off. Yeah, it just came off. And I wasn't there when it happened, but I thought, God, if you guys like videoed that, it would have gone viral because some people love seeing stuff like that, don't they? But your mum came running up to the house. I could hear her. I can't believe you're telling the story. She had it in her hand. Oh my God. And she was like, open up your hand. And I was like, no, I know what's happened. But I thought that was amazing. Okay, nothing about the nationals then or? Oh. (laughs) That's where I thought you were going to go. No, the nationals have been and gone. I know, they've been and gone. We haven't recorded since then. No. We were so busy at the Nationals, we'd hoped to have time to edit and record, but it just didn't end up happening. Sorry, the whole Sarkoid story, that was yesterday, so I've got a very (laughs) short-term memory. (laughs) Oh, the Nationals was amazing. It's just so lovely to go, and obviously I was a bit down to not take Terry, because I feel like he could have been a contender this year, but obviously it's not meant to be, that's what happens with horses, and I just felt so lucky to be able to take Louis, and it's just so fun, especially the Summer Nationals, like there's something different about the summer nationals it's just such a great event to go to and louis bless him like he was the only cob in the class but he really held his own and he could not have done a better test and he got 67 percent, which i was really pleased with i think we came 18th and it was a big class too i think there were like 40 starts yeah it was a big class so i was really pleased and also we had lots of people come up to us afterwards as well which is really nice you know being like oh it's so nice to see a horse that's relatable at this sort of show and like that was such a nice test and I think even the judge stuck his head out as well and was like well done and I was like thank you because I read for my life like yeah I took every risk like possible because I thought you know I might be judged harshly anyway based on his type so I'm just gonna risk it for a chocolate biscuit but actually I felt the judges judged him really fairly okay just for some wider context so Evie and I two weeks ago competed in the British Dressage National Summer Championships which is the biggest British Dressage event in the calendar year I'd say I would say so, yeah. Yeah, and it's that you qualify at local shows to get points towards regionals, and then from the regionals you qualify to go to the nationals. And Evie and I both qualified. Evie not with her top horse, with her <laughs> catch ride. Yeah. With, yeah, with her I catch ride. I don't know ride. how that happened. It was sort of... Yeah, 
and I qualified with Simba, who isn't my like best trained horse, but you know he qualified at the level that he's working at. He was really good for Simba. He did really well though, because it's a big atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's the biggest atmosphere that you can kind of put these horses in for the levels that they're at and things like that. Obviously, there are big competitions out there, but not really in the UK. I was just really pleased him that we went down the centre line and we like did the test. The scores were very mediocre. And there was so much more in the tank and like both tests I had huge mistakes in. But I was so pleased with his overall attitude. And yeah, here's to many more. I completely forgot about that we were doing a national recap. Because <laughs> it feels like so long ago. But actually it was only, what, two weeks ago, I think? Yeah, it wasn't that long ago. No. No. But, you know, life just speeds on by, doesn't it? And also I think with horses especially, it's it's quite a fast-paced environment, like when you're in the middle of a competition season, that like yeah, you do is. one and you're sort of like onto the next thing. And I mean, we're both trying to qualify for winters now, aren't we? And we're trying yeah. to qualify before the weather gets really bad. I would say as a society, potentially what we need to be better at is reflecting on what we've done. Because like you just said, we're always chasing the next thing instead of kind of taking a step back and being like, wow, that's amazing that we achieved that. Let's have a little break and like digest it. Yeah. because of the nature of horses and the nature of the sport that we do, we're always going, going, going for the next thing. Yeah, and even if you've done well, it's sort of like, I don't know if you're the same, but I don't really digest it. No, I don't. I'm just like, cool, yeah, that's good. Another and day. And then like, oh, what's coming up next? A professional once told me that you need to really celebrate the good days because the more you do in the industry, the more you realise that there aren't that many good no, days. well, exactly. So if you have them, you need to celebrate them. So if you've had a good day today take some time to celebrate it yeah even if your good day involves the vet and a sarcoid (laughs) (laughs) all righty then moving on to dilemmas dilemma one hi guys sending this in anonymously i'd also like to add if you want to send something in anonymously then you can email it to us and just change your name we have no idea who it's from. That's a good idea. Yeah, you know on like Facebook groups, you can like oh, post yeah. things anonymously. I love doing that. Yeah, I know you feel a bit like sneaky. I feel like, yeah, naughty. Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hi guys, I'm sending this in anonymously. I've just started out my professional career with horses and I'm so lucky that I've already found an owner who wants me to ride and compete her horse. That is lucky. Uh, this started out amazing, but now, a few months down the line, and I'm really struggling to have boundaries with this owner. They message me all the time and I feel like I don't then have time for my other liveries and other clients. How can I now set those boundaries up? That's a hard one. That is hard. So Evie and I have spoken about this in the past, in that when you work in the aggression industry, it is seen as a 24-7 help hotline, isn't it? Yeah. It's like you can't switch off. And this is difficult because the boundaries should have been set at the beginning. That's the thing. And also, I think what's particularly difficult when you're the professional rider is that often these owners have a job outside of horses. So they're busy during the day and then they want to message you in the evening or at any time of night. From that reason, boundaries already start becoming blurred because it can't necessarily be the traditional sort of working relationship in that sense. Yeah, it's not like it's nine to five. No. It's all evening, more 
morning just all the time. And there's an emotional investment as well. Yeah, exactly. So it can be really difficult and I would say I've experienced it in the past. I'm very lucky that the one owner that I have now, shout out, she's literally like the most amazing fairy godmother ever and she's now part of the family. Yeah, I think all the owners on the yard are like super relaxed. Yeah, we're very lucky with the bunch that we've got now but I would say in the past I've had a few not old occasions but times when I've just gone oh my gosh I'm just giving to this person all the time to the point where like I was out at like a big I think I was at like a music festival or something in the evening and this owner was messaging me constantly and expecting a reply and I felt so conflicted because I wasn't present with like the group of friends that I was with and I couldn't interact with them but at the same time I needed to reply to this woman and it was getting later and later it was like nine o'clock at night you know I'm there like (laughs) listening to live music messaging someone about horse and I then kind of went god this is a bit wrong I need to kind of take a step back but like this I'd gone too far by that point yeah and it's hard to as well from a rider perspective because you're so grateful for what the owner's doing and obviously horses they're so expensive and they take so much time so I think as well there's that fear of losing an owner too because an owner can just take a horse away from you and just pick a different rider so by that route it's quite easy to just keep on giving and actually going above and beyond because you're insecure that they're just going to take the horse from under your feet. Yeah, and that's where like burnout comes into it and where you can start having disagreements with them because you're at your wit's end with them type thing. Yeah, and I think it's like you said, obviously it's better to have an open conversation at the beginning to set boundaries, but if you haven't, my personal opinion is to just still pursue that sort of open dialogue, like maybe take them aside and be sort of honest and say, look, we probably should have discussed this at the beginning but this is where I'm coming from these are my concerns and this is how I think we should deal with them yeah yeah I mean I think that's the best point of call because you don't want to let it get too far type thing I mean if you're managing it and it's fine then it then it's all right but this person in the dilemma obviously isn't dealing with it yeah you know in a in a healthy way yeah and I think Having an open communication and an open conversation is good. And if the owner takes it the wrong way, then you have got to put the onus on them. That's their problem. It's not yours. You know, I think sometimes, again, if you're a rider, especially if you're younger and you do your job properly, it's still difficult if someone's complaining or taking it the wrong way not to think that it's something you've done. But I think you've got to sort of look at your own values, what you want out of life, what you want out of the partnership with the owner and sort of stick to your guns a little bit because you can't let people walk all over you so yeah I think open conversation hopefully it goes well if it doesn't I know it's really hard but sometimes it's better not having horses in your life if the owner's really difficult because it can really affect your mental health and because the job is so intense in that it's a lifestyle it's not just an occupation it then affects everything so sometimes I think if it was to go sour you're better actually just cutting your losses and being like well yeah the horse is amazing but I can't cope with this stress and I think also other horses will come along as well if it doesn't go to plan. Yeah, and I'd also say regardless of whatever type of relationship you have within the equestrian industry with anyone, you always want it to end on good terms. Absolutely. Because this industry is based off word of mouth and if you have even just one negative review, it will affect your business. So you always need to be polite, factual, not let yourself be emotionally driven and just like lay out the ground rules. That's a good point actually, sort of being... Being a little bit emotionally 
removed and actually just being pragmatic about it as though you would any other business and putting all the personal things aside you don't want to like lose your temper or anything like that and maybe just if it does go wrong just sort of think well I've done my best but still sort of approach it in like a respectful civil manner and then just go from there but I'm sure it'll go like absolutely fine if you were to have an open conversation yeah circling back to like the emotionally removed conversation I have done that in the past with Samantha without even realizing there was a client of ours and they were getting upset for no reason and it was upsetting me and I thought I don't know how to reply to this without letting my emotions take control so I just gave my phone to Samantha and I was like can you please help me with this because I don't want this relationship to turn negative because you know in whatever sphere you work in you're not going to get on with everyone and working relationships can fizzle out in whatever you do so I think it's the same in equestrian as well yeah and I think the big problem with owners as well is it always comes down to miscommunication yeah it does so I think yeah just having that conversation of this is what I want this is how I'm going to achieve it what do you think about that as well as these are my boundaries and then also making sure that you ask them you know what do you want out of the horse what do you want them to achieve what boundaries do you want to set for yourself and just sort of having a conversation and just deciding together and then going from there even now thinking of like practical methods or things that you could do i've seen before professionals post on facebook and be like from january 1st i will not be replying to messages after 7 p.m and I will be replying to them at 8am the next morning and I will not be replying to any messages on a Tuesday or something because that's my day off. And I've seen people write that on social media and then like pin it at the top of their profile so that it's clear what your work hours are. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, I think as well, just even saying to an owner, I won't reply from, you know, to your messages from 7pm onwards. If there is an emergency, I will contact you. Yeah, and I that's think that's... Being that, I think that's totally within reason to do that. Yeah, 100%. And I'd also just just like to briefly add though this is an entirely different conversation is that you should always have a contract in place oh 100 percent. yeah you know you can have that written in the contract as well yeah and like sort of going on a bit of a tangent but if you're having a holiday or something like that again with these sort of things it's communication don't just tell them the day before you know make sure that the owner has plenty of warning of your schedule and your calendar because also that would make it a lot easier as well yeah but also make sure that they know that you are not unreachable but that you're not there at their back and call because i remember I was the other side of the world, you know, massively different time difference. And I was getting sent videos of horses that this owner wanted to go and buy. And I could tell that they were very upset and cross with me that I wasn't replying instantly. And I was a bit like, I'm eight hours behind <laughs> you. I'm, I'm asleep. I'm yeah. sorry. I know you sent it to me your time 8am and I didn't reply until 12 hours later, but that's just, you know, how it is. I think it's just having that mutual respect as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Best of luck with it though. Yeah. I hope it goes well. dilemma two hey girls i feel so silly sending this in but i have a crush on someone at work i work on a professional event yard as a working pupil and i fancy this boy who's a rider there i think he feels the same way but i'm not sure as he's also flirty with some of the other girls help what do i do (laughs) okay sorry we don't mean to laugh could you imagine having boys on a yard i can't imagine that it's like seeing water in the sahara desert for us isn't it yeah not many boys in their whole dressage world. No. Anyway. Okay. Lucky you. <laughs> yeah, love that. So. Oh, it's so fun having a crush, isn't it? What's your first impression of that? What I know I would do 
which is not the advice I'd give, is to avoid eye contact (laughs) (laughs) and generally just ignore their existence and maybe stare at them a couple of times (laughs) and not say anything. That's so what I would do. That's not what you should do. What I would do is difficult because there's no context to this. Like, are you talking... Are you texting outside of work? Because I think that's a big sign. Like, if you're sending the odd text outside of working hours it's not work related or if he sent something that's like a conversation that you had and then he sent something related to that like a week later or little things like that it's a bit like oh you know opening the door to that sort of thing so I feel like we need that context what I would say is look at how the other girls react to him because they they mentioned that other girls are flirting with it's him. It's a bit of a red flag, isn't it, if he's flirting? Yeah. No, it said he's flirting. He's flirting he's with He's a bit them. flirty with the other girls, you see. It's also very common it with is. the male oh. equestrians. Watch how the other girls react to him and then do the opposite to what they're doing. Oh. So if they're, like, giggling and flicking their hair, <laughs> then you, you don't like, laugh ever. No. <laughs> <laughs> Never laugh again. God, it's like... <laughs> and don't even remotely touch your hair <laughs> it's like schoolyard <laughs> tactics have your hair it? over your face yeah, don't just like flick it ever hair down don't offer to give him a leg up Ooh. or anything play hard to get maybe yeah play hard to get what's that phrase um treat them mean keep them keen also does he flirt with you i bet he does she wrote that i think he likes me okay but he also flirts with the other girls so i presume he's flirting with her as well Right. I mean, I would just go all guns blazing and just go up to them. I thought you just said you'd avoid eye contact. No, I'm saying oh, that's, that's what, what I would do. do. But my advice okay. is very different because I never follow my own advice. Have you ever fancied anyone in a yard situation before? I've literally worked here for like... Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the workforce is all girls. No, there is one... <laughs> yeah, but they're not part of our workforce. No, okay, just it's not like working, some, like working alongside yeah. somebody day okay, to day. Okay, okay, I'm following. That's very different. I mean, we had a 15-year-old boy up in the summer, but I think he's underage. Just a little. <laughs> a little bit too young for me. Oh, it's hard. As well, I'd say don't get your little heart broken or get your hopes up or anything because the problem with a question men is that they're so few and far between that they really do have to pick of the bunch so already the fact that he's flirting they give with... that energy don't they they know yeah they, like, they know like, they're it how much do you like this boy don't go with the narrative of just don't like any boys just full don't stop do it. no if it was me start texting outside of work see what happens okay not snapchatting don't snapchat no red flag but yeah that's how i would start okay text outside of work just the odd thing yeah but don't like always reply to them like all the time do you know what i mean like sometimes leave them on red yeah you don't want to be sat there at night thinking oh great he's like and then just drop like one hint that you're kind of like you know into them i fancy you (laughs) what how are you (laughs) what would you say morning i fancy you how are you what are you doing today (laughs) no maybe just drop like one hint or like one compliment and then just leave it and it's all about the emojis as well, isn't it? The Oh, God, don't use the eyes in the aubergine, please. What are you doing tonight? <laughs> what are you doing with your face? Click at the end of What that. are you doing, eyes? Yeah. Ooh, no. Oh, no. No, 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 oh, no. I've no. just had a shower. Okay. Shame. Oh, those sort of comments. Wish you, know you joined me. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that's boy territory. That's boy flirting. Yeah, yeah, that's bad. But yeah, flirting. that's what I would do just to start. And maybe talk to the other girls, actually. Gauge their opinion. Or, okay... See if you can tactfully 
get them on their own doing like a job. I heard a story once. Okay, I just remembered this. It's such fun. Uh, this person <laughs> was like, I'm on this yard with this guy and he's so annoying and he's so difficult all the time and you know we have to share the yard and we were just at each other's throats for months and then one day I walked down to the fields and he was there and we ended up having this massive argument about which field was his and which was mine and before I knew it we were kissing behind the tractor oh my god I was like you what it's like a this person I know this person was like yeah he just grabbed me and just kissed me and I was like wow I and love they, a little bit of like a conflict I know love situation to lovers. yeah, yeah. Love and then it. they ended up being together for years wow I know that's so nice yeah so maybe so your advice is to have an argument behind a tractor <laughs> and then just neck him <laughs> that's it that's Solid. all you have that to do like, I mean yeah it works I'm gonna like, give it a go with who <laughs> <laughs> literally nobody literally no one uh but yeah that's a fun story for you yeah i would just text see what happens there and there's not more i can really add to that other than bit by bit just test the boundary a little bit more and actually my other piece of advice is to talk to some of the other girls tactfully don't be like i fancy him yeah what because then they'll be like hee hee you know? Yeah, and it'll get around. I would ask them, like, oh, what do you think of something so? Or do you think he's a bit flirty? Yeah, yeah, And yeah, see yeah. what they think. Because also they might be like, oh, yeah, he texted me last night. And yeah, and then you'll be like, oh, maybe he doesn't like me. And actually, something we should say as well is maybe don't have a relationship at work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe don't date your co-workers. No, actually, that's a valid point. I it mean, might affect your working relationship with your employers. employers. Yeah, but then in the next breath... If it goes well, then you have a relationship with someone in the same industry and that's like, you know, you've hit the jackpot. Yeah, and because you can, like, run a business together. Yeah, and you obviously already Swings do the same the thing. <laughs> I just thought that's quite an important thing to know, actually. And it links back to your how much do you like them because you need to think... I mean, also totally, like, jumping the gun as well. Like, she doesn't even know if, she, if he likes her. <laughs> yeah, don't risk your job for a boy. No. No, no, I wouldn't. No, no, no. Or if there's like a works do, do you do works do? Oh my gosh, yeah, like spruce Christmas yourself, work spruce yourself do. up, get out there, get behind the tractor, get a little bit tipsy, yeah. see what happens. Be like, oh, do you want to go on a walk? With a wink, not don't blink at the same time. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, yes. Or be like, oh, should we go for a hack together? Yeah, just the two of us. Do you mind helping me with this? Oh, the tack room's locked. <gasps> in. Oh no! In. Oh my god! Oh, no. oh my god! The power's out. Or Hide like his fall phone. off, do a saddle club, yeah. fall off your <laughs> stage in <laughs> accident. Where he's within distance. And he's the only one that can he's save you. He's the only one that can save you. Mouth to mouth. That's so saddle club vibe. Like, go hack out in the middle of the woods, fall off. Yes! Oh my god, Wasn't yes. it Fred? He used to come on the pony, the yeah, yeah. He was low-key quite attractive. Lovely. Like we've got a Yeah, good luck. I mean, it's so fun having a crush. But yeah, text, talk to your friends. Get them alone. <laughs> yeah. See the vibes. Yeah. All right, he's just going off on a bit of a tangent. I'm just going to ask every question that she doesn't know that I'm going to ask anyway. Seeing as we're in a tack room, what is one thing that you think is in everyone's tack room, bar a saddle and bridle? I was literally about to be like, saddle. <laughs> okay, bar tack. What is one thing that you think is in every tack room? Is in or should be in? Okay, two questions. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what is in and what should be in? I think a phone charger should be. Okay. 
I like that about our tech room. I thought when when I first started working, I thought that's a really good idea, actually. Yeah. Because before I started coming to your up to your house, not that I was like <laughs> made to stay on the yard, but it was during COVID and stuff, yeah, it was wasn't COVID. it? So I was like sort of like confined to the yard. It was great having a charger there. Okay. So I think that's a good idea. And I don't think all tack rooms have phone chargers just No, there. just lying about. So I think that's a good one. What is in every tack room? Biscuits. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have biscuits. I think there's some stale old biscuits. <laughs> they're always they're always it's when you make a tea for someone because Basically, our yard setup is we just go to your house, like, daily, yeah. don't we, for kitchen stuff. Which is silly because our tack room has, like, a little kitchen in it. Yeah, and it's a lovely little tack room, but yeah. you just go up, we no, just we all just go to the house. But then it means when we make a tea for somebody who's <laughs> visiting, <laughs> I, like, look at the milk and then I look at the cell wall, like, I, you know, you go yeah, smell yeah. it and you're like, this is really unprofessional doing this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you do like milk and you look at it and you're like... <laughs> I feel like every tack room is like that as well, though. Yeah. Every tack room is a little bit messy, I would say. But also, I feel like if you are accepting a cup of tea in a tack room, you'll be accepting yeah. that it's not like restaurant standard cleanliness. Yeah, with like a little like foam <laughs> yeah. art on it or whatever it's yeah. called. What, yeah. do, what do you think is in every single tack room? Biscuits. Oh, that's just your one answer. Uh, Am I allowed to say things like riding hat? Oh, yeah, that's a given. I'd say, I'm not allowed to say that, or yeah, that's a given. Yeah, go for it. Oh. I'd say random packets of butte. Yeah. Lying about. It always seems to be about in the tag room. What do you Don't think should be? So I said phone be? charger. Like Ooh. something quite niche. An Alexa. Oh, yeah, it's so fun having an <laughs> Alexa in there. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah. So fun. I hope we haven't just made Alexas. It's really nice anything. because when we have to shut the dogs away because we're like, I don't know, bringing horses and whatever. We just we just play Alexa, don't we? We get them to play Harry Potter. Even just having a radio makes such a difference to a yard yeah, vibe, does. doesn't it? But then... The Alexa's like one step up, isn't it? It's like if you've got an Alexa, you're like... But also it means then we can't listen to it like round the yard. Yeah, But our yard's, it, it's so like big and outdoors. You couldn't really have a radio there anyway. No. The Alexa works well. Yeah. We play Harry Potter. We can listen to our own podcast. Nelly's just room. finished Chamber of Secrets. <laughs> She's now Absolutely. on the Prisoner of Axe van. It Dicular. makes me twitch when it's the wrong book. Because I'm like, she's had so many spoilers. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. But yeah, we listen to our own podcast because we're really narcissistic. Yeah. <laughs> I quite enjoy our podcast. I said it high. So do I. I. Listen to it. What else in every tack room? Uh, cobwebs. <laughs> <laughs> Dirt. Obvious dust. one. Spiders. You name it, they're in there. The list just goes on. Yeah, love it. Tell us what you've got in your tack room that you think's really niche. Or, like, what should be. I think that's more important. Yeah. Like, yeah. has anyone got anything in their tack room that we haven't mentioned that's actually really useful? So I said phone charger, you said Alexa. Yeah, something, like, super niche. Yeah. That like, something that's not just on the yard, but something that you've got there. Not, like, the obvious, like, the first aid kit that's under the sink. And oh, yeah. Rubbish like that. <laughs> <laughs> No. Alrighty then guys thank you so much for listening to this episode of that's lame in our new recording studio and we are filming this as well from various angles <laughs> it's been a process yeah you know we're we're always trying to adapt and change and i just hate grow. seeing myself like i know already it. i know haven't got faces for TV. But anyway, we have some very, very exciting guests lined up in the next few weeks, which is just incredibly exciting. Yeah, um, some good some good people coming on, some interesting people, I would say. Yeah, we're only going to get better from here, guys. 
So anyway, thank you so much for listening and we will see you next week. Love you, bye. Bye. Bye.